This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? Maurice Rowe. And what would you say is your primary role in the line dance community? Well, teaching dance, um, dancer, and yeah. And how long have you been doing this? Too long. Not by now. <laughs> I started when I was 15. I'm 37 now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a very long time. Hmm. What got you into it? One day, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. So one day, I ran into a friend of mine's wedding tape, and she had on there the Boots Good Boogie Electric Slide. So that triggered me. I was 15 at the time, and so she had taught me those two dances. And then I keep I kept going to the clubs that we had up north. They had what's called Teen Night. So we were able to line dance. And then when I was 18, I was able to go to the be with the adults. So I've been dancing ever since. Did you have peers uh, who did this with you? In the beginning, no. But I met friends along the way, uh, especially when I went to, uh, back in the day, the club was called Club Dance, then it turned into Big Easy and then Sundance Saloon, and it's no longer there, but it was in Columbus, Ohio. Same club, but so many different venues for it. Uh, One of my best friends, uh, Melissa Dom, she was the one who I clung to, and we wrote, co-wrote a couple dances together, and... Yeah, now she lives in Tennessee. She now has a child, and she's married. So she's living the, the busy life. Mama. Nice. So. Yeah, we have a Sundance Saloon in San Francisco as well. I'm not sure if you've ever been to it, but it's, uh, it's a good time. We've been there a couple times, I think. It's uh, one that we still need to explore further, for sure. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, you, have you choreographed as well? Yes, a ton. My hit dance, mm-hmm. dance that I'm best known for, is After Party. Yes, we still do that in California. Which is my classic dance. Mm-hmm. I've done quite a few other dances as well, and they've been recognized in magazines such as Line Dancer Magazine and a couple other European magazines. Mm-hmm. What do you suppose it was about After Party that hit so big? Uh, from what I was told, from uh, actually Rachel McEnany, oh. she loved the flow of it. Like It was actually used as a Masters Online competitive dance. So when I was teaching it on the circuit, and this is back when I taught at Las Vegas Dance Explosion, when it was originally at the Palace Station. That's old school, back in the day. And um, that's when masters were coming over. So her, Rob, uh, Paul McAdam, and they had seen it there. We've danced in open dance. I believe I taught it there. And they went ahead and made it one of their competition dances. So. Wow. But it was like the flow of it. So the way it moved and the way it connected together. So, Speaking of Rachel and Paul McAdam, who would you say your influences are in the line dance community for your teaching it, style, choreography, any of that? It would be up there, would be up there with Rachel. Mm-hmm. Rachel McEnany would be up there with Scott. Pedro Machado. Mm-hmm. I love him. Crazy. I, I would say, like, like, taking his classes back when they actually taken time to ride from him mm-hmm. was hilarious back when I went to Fort Wayne which is now Jamie's event. Mm-hmm. So going there, taking all the dances there, and I really liked his teaching style was just fun. I'm, I, sometimes I feel we get into the rut as dancers. We all get there, and as instructors, and we're too serious. Mm-hmm. It should just be fun, lighthearted. Go home, learn the dance from the step sheet. You know what I mean? We're here to have a good time and enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get lost in that sight, and we take it way too serious sometimes. So that's what I loved about taking Pedro's classes. We learned to dance, but we had fun doing it. It wasn't, you know what I mean, that serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when people see you on the floor, they can definitely get a sense you enjoy what you're doing. How would you describe your style during one of the upbeat dances? 
this is of my true story. This um, the other night it was actually actually Thursday night. They were playing a classic dance. I love. By the way, I love classic dances. I'm an old school baby. Uh, I love dances from 2005 and further back. That's just my thing. It was just a good time period for choreography. Now it's just unnecessarily too complex for no reason. Well, that's just my opinion. But um, just going back to that, uh, what was the question again? Oh, uh, I lost in that. <laughs> what would you say your style, style. is? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That went to the story. My bad. So well, I'm going to come back to the style part. But I was in the back dancing, and she wanted to film me dancing along with the group. And I go to the back a lot because a lot of people get thrown off by variations. So it's one of those things that I know this sounds kind of bad, but I feel like I can't dance like I want to dance most of the time because I'm always watched, even though they're not my dances. But I'm like, you should know the dance right now. That's just my opinion. But I'm just like, I should be able to be granted that free spirit dance like everybody else. And sometimes I fail and get those rules because they look course look up at you as an instructor and they expect you to do a lot of times vanilla and I'm like so there's sometimes where I, I can't be completely myself which kind of is a bummer but it's just like I, I like music you know I, I some people don't know this about me in the Linus community but I used to be in marching band I used to be in band so music and dance kind of came hand in hand in my life so it's just like just having that freedom to flow and dance. You know, sometimes I miss that. I don't get to do that as much being a, an instructor because I teach at a, a nightclub inside Tampa. And I barely get that anymore because, you know, you, when you wear that instructor hat, you kind of don't dance for yourself anymore, which is I get that that's part of the job. But sometimes, like, I miss getting my iPod out and just all out dancing for myself. You know, give myself a workout. So you know, I I love I love it. Music just makes me move. Is there anybody that you play off of at events, like uh, say a John Robinson type figure, or <laughs> any others? I'm just sur- to drop a name, I, right? I'm surprised we haven't did it much this weekend. We did a, we did a lot actually last weekend here at Big Bang. Uh, but no, like when some a lot of instructors here, are, I try to even with regular people. I would like to, but I think they still get shy. You know. But it's it's fun. It's like just have fun with each other. I like that interaction, and have having fun. You know, Megan and I actually have been doing a lot of homework on classics. Which would you recommend that we bring back, or maybe bring to California, or bring out of the late night into a review workshop so that more people can enjoy that late night dancing? Yeah, there's so many. It's, it depends on like me. Back in the like back in the day, back in the day when I first started, like I was saying, like around two thousand five and before, the main people, the main people I was after was Masters of the Line choreography, of course Scott Blevins. Like I was just talking to him this week, and I'm like, bring back Brucey. That's mm-hmm. such an awesome Brucey. dance. Okay. There's another dancer that's really awesome, and he was like, it's just they're not ready for it yet. It's before it's time. It's right to be wrong. It's a beautiful nightclub by Josh Stone, and the song's called The Right to Be Wrong. Fantastic choreography. Him and I were talking about this weekend. And I looked at him and said, you need to bring back Brucey. I miss dancing that dance. 90, 96 counts phrase, but it's so fun and so repetitive. But it's just a nice, elegant dance. And it was done by a plethora of choreographers on that dance. Hmm. And it was dedicated to a, a line dancer by the name of Bruce. Hmm. So that's why they named it Brucey. Oh, that's cool. But it's really, really cool. Like, there's so much good stuff out there. I wish, I wish in this community we would just stop choreographing for like a year or two and then just... 
go and get all that good stuff. It's very nostalgic. And stuff that we have. There's so much stuff that we're cramming that it's hot for one month and the next month it's gone. So we're, to me, it's like you're wasting your brain cells. And you look at these classics. They've been here for years, decades. I mean, put the formula together. It's not hard math. What are some of your favorite uh, Masters in Line or uh, Rachel dances? Or Paul McAdam? Wow, there's, <laughs> there's a whole bunch. Time to Ride. Uh, love Latin Spice. I wish it would get danced more often. Latin Spice used to be one of my favorites. Um, give It Back, you know. Uh, another one to Rachel. One, uh, it's All Right. Um, Scott, I can go down the list. Two-Time Trick. Uh, swing Time Boogie. Um, there's just so many. So many I, could, I should have just brought a whole list with me. Oh yeah! <laughs> if you want to get your phone out, look I'm at like, some music. I'm like, there's just so many. Like, yeah. there's so much good stuff. Huh. Yeah, there there are so many that we haven't seen at all that apparently were huge at the time, and uh, we, you know we're discovering for the first time at some of these events where you know they'll just randomly pop up. Was I think it was Time to Ride last year that we had seen for the first time at. Big Bang, and I remember you being out there, and there was like maybe two or three other people just having a blast with it. And I remember like looking to Chris, going, "We need to know this dance because we want to be part of the cool kids." <laughs> <laughs> that was we actually we were talking about that earlier, and that's it's just an all awesome dance. Like I I'm, yeah. I teach teach I taught to my home bar mm-hmm. back in Tampa, and another one like Rob Fowler's this weekend. I taught SXE, mm-hmm. and yeah. class was packed great class and I'm just looking at them like this is just this is the bee's knees it's just good stuff and they loved it they all enjoyed it they're, they're, they're still talking about it in the hall like when I'm walking by they're like that was a great teach it was great dance great music yeah I love that um, you and Brian this weekend are teaching all these classic dances and I'm like yes this is what I want <laughs> this is what I need we've talked about doing classic workshops before and it's just like because the classics never go away. They're always going to be played. That's the nice thing about it. And there's so many new people. Like, for instance, we've only been dancing a short amount of time that we're like, we've never even heard of these dances. We've never seen these dances. But they get played at late night. So we're like, oh, so much homework. <laughs> so when they make them part of the workshops, it's much easier. Right. Uh, my thing <coughs> hands down, like seeing you guys from this year, last year to this year, <laughs> you know so much stuff. I'm like... I remember used to having all the brain cells to do that. So it's like, my hat's off to you guys because, <laughs> like, that's a lot of work in such a short time to do. So you guys should be very proud of yourselves. Thank you. I'm just saying, I'm like, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of, that's a lot of studying, cram sessions, <laughs> frustration with step sheets. I know, I oh, know yeah. the feeling. <laughs> but I'm like, one of the best dances that I wish would be brought back, such a beautiful cha-cha, whatever happens. Oh, that Michael Jackson song. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous stuff. So I'm like, and that's one, actually one of the dances that are sought after to be taught. There's just so much, like, there's one tag and one restart in there, but it's just like, it's, you got to really listen to that music. <laughs> but that'd be a nice, nice one to bring back. Like you were talking about earlier about classics. That'd be hands down. And I'm, I'm trying to implement that when I do get invited to events, is trying to bring back at least one or two classics. Because I think it is important, you know, along with bringing, you know, one of mine, you know, one of mine with me or somebody else's. Mm-hmm. So I try to bring something old and something new. Mm-hmm. And what, that's exactly what I brought this weekend. What are some of your favorites to teach? Like where you just enjoy the process of the lesson because like there's this cute part in it. You like to describe it. 
or uh, or there's a part where you think that you know they might be hesitant to get it, but you know how to talk them through it. Are there any favorites of yours? <laughs> Sometimes I make it up. <laughs> Sometimes I look like, how am I going to teach this part of it? You know, it's like one of those, I get it, but now I have to translate it. Mm-hmm. I think that to me that's the hardest part within teaching. And then sometimes I look back at it and I'm like, I really taught that dance. That's sometimes I'm like, kudos. Because <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I go into some of the workshops and I'm like, okay, I can dance this, but how am I going to break this down? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it just comes together and sometimes it does, it doesn't. And then it gets to that point where it's like, okay, watch me real quick. Because I, sometimes I tend to make things more difficult than what they should be. And then when I get in that little visual, there, boom. Done. Oh, that's all you wanted? Yep, that, that's all I wanted. It was just done in a diagonal. <laughs> Megan, do you have any specific questions? Um, yeah, actually. I'll pin this over to your lapel. Um, I'll actually just hold it and make it easier. <laughs> um, so there's a couple things I wanted to ask, and they're all kind of around the instructing part of it. Um, one, do you have any special like way you prep for a lesson? Um, any tips that you can give someone who's starting out in the teaching scene or just kind of finding their own way, um, as well as what is your favorite part about the instructing process? Wow, that's a, okay. I know, it's a little <laughs> okay. weighted. A little... That's a lot of questions up up. So I'd say the first part, what I enjoy about instructing, and it, it reminds me all the time, my favorite, actually my favorite group of people to teach are beginners. It's nice to see they're very appreciative. Not to say intermediate dancers aren't, but, you know, we get in that phase where, like, okay, we got it. You know what I mean? When you see a beginner actually get a dance and how really grateful they are, it actually reinsures me as a teacher, like, you know what? I'm doing my job. And then seeing them graduate to that improver or the intermediate class, that is so rewarding for me. That reminds me of my job. You know, versus when I come to my intermediate class, love them dearly. You know, they work hard too, but they're just like, I got it. Like, I get it. And I'm like, ooh, let's work on technique. We really don't have it. We have a piece of it. But I was like, I want to make them better dancers. And some people want it, some people don't. So that's the, that's the hard part, the balance mm-hmm. is, you know, trying to take whatever level they are to the next the level. So if they're yeah. a beginner level to an intermediate level, intermediate dancer to, you know, higher intermediate to advanced. Just to you know, see how much they want to grow as a dancer, because some people they just get to the point where they're they're satisfied where they are, which is great. You know, you just want to learn steps. Let's just learn steps. You know, or do you want to shape this dance to make it look like a waltz? You want to make it look like a nightclub or a cha-cha. So you know, it's really nice to see people who want to step their game up. So I like that as an instructor. The thing I try to thrive on when I instruct is I try not to bring a step sheet to, to class with me as much. I usually say I go into line dance, I usually do a screenshot on my phone. I try my hardest not to look at it, which is mm-hmm. a hard part, especially when you teach these, these harder dances, to, not tr- to try to have the tags, restarts, the proper walls, and then tr- you know, try my hardest not to go from a sheet. Cause, you know, I've seen a lot of instructors where we live in Tampa, where they actually sometimes teach verbatimly from a sheet. Mm-hmm. So I try not to do that, try to thrive, you know, it just tries to me and reassure to my students that, you know, I am taking the time. This is a job. This is not a hobby for me. This is my livelihood. This is my work. So I try to give them that same kind of respect, if you will. Like I try to come in and be more prepared. So that'd be my thing. Whether you teach a machine or not, that's your preference. That's just what I try to thrive to do for myself because, I mean, I, I... 
I believe that you're coming in for a quality of instruction, just like I'm coming in for a quality of dancers. You're like, this is what you want. This is what your expectations are of me. I should have expectations of you. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, I know we kind of touched briefly about like if there's any dances that you love to teach and like love to dance, but what is one of your favorites that you yourself have choreographed? Um, whether it was like, oh my God, like I, that just, I just discovered the steps in 15 minutes versus the one that took you like four months because of some step that just wasn't clicking. And then all of a sudden it clicked. And so now it's like, oh, that was the dance. There it is. There's, there's a couple of them. When it comes to choreography that I've done, I mean, there's been a couple that, that I wish would have taken off. I think they were not the wrong time for them, but, you know, that's what I'm told sometimes from, you know, my fellow peers. They usually tell me, like, you're ahead of your time. So just, like, you know, some of the crazy stuff that I come up with, they're like, they're not ready for that just yet. Um, <laughs> so sometimes I feel like I'm not futuristic, but I'm just like, okay. So I feel like good dancers get shelved for no reason, or they're killed for no reason. Uh, one of my dances, um, it's called Mad World. And it was done, a remake by Adam Lambert. He did Mad World. And I remember I was in between from moving from Tennessee back to Tampa to work at the, the nightclub I'm working at now. Again, the second time. The second time I went back there. Um, I sat on this uh, tennis court and just kept going over and over and over, over again, this choreography. And I just would not leave the tennis court until I got it. And I finally got it. And I'm glad I did it. And it took off a little while. You know, like even, I remember Louis taught it, Louis St. George. He took it and taught it wow. in his club up there and loved it. And that's one of the ones I would love to bring back, and I hope that they're ready for it. It was, it was a great nightclub. Another one was um, another dance mine I did, and I think actually Scott took it and he taught it for a little bit. It was called Black Sweat by Prince. It was an A-B dance I'd done with uh, Roberto Coporin. When him and, I lived together, him and I lived together, along with my other roommate Jillian, and we were sitting there one day, and I'm like, this, you know, you can't go wrong with a Prince song. You just can't go wrong. And so I, we did the choreography together. It was, it was great co-choreographing. And um, I took it to, I think it was one of the European events uh, in England. And <laughs> that's when Rachel kind of pulled me aside. I was like, that's, that's kind of hard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, I love it. Love you mean it. You know, they all enjoyed it. But it was kind of like one of those... It was a bit much, <laughs> so I, I kind of had to tone it back. But it was like one of those good dances that kind of just left that I was like really like I loved. So it's so weird how you in your head is like this is going to be an awesome dance, and then something else takes off and something else doesn't. It just baffles me sometimes. It's like something that you put your blood, sweat, and tears into. And the other dance you don't put that much into, and it's like, voila, and then you feel like you found the formula, and then it just depends on that year. That's not what they're looking for. So sometimes, you know, simple or hard, it's just, it depends on the people, the timing, and the place. Um, As a choreographer, we've asked several different choreographers um, if they have a process 
to their creation. Um, we've gotten several different answers where some people listen to it in the car, some people listen to it over and over and over. <laughs> and if they are even tempted to skip the song in the hundred times that they're going to listen to it, then they don't choreograph to it. Some people are like, I just have to feel it and it comes. Do you have anything like that where it's something that you're like, yes, this is one I'm going to move to versus, oh, that's a nice track, but not one for me? Like I, it's funny that you've mentioned that. <laughs> I have so many. I feel like I'm like VH1 storytellers. But <laughs> like when it comes to choreography like that, I, I tend to like the process of listening to the music over and over again. To me, like more than the lyrics that stick out for me, it's beats. And like I said, going back to uh, drumline and stuff like that, I hear different rhythms sometimes in music that most people. You know, a lot of choreographers do hit on stuff like that, but I, I listen to even more of those rare beats that you wouldn't even think to listen to, and I try to go to the, that beat sometimes. So sometimes it's not even the obvious beat. Sometimes it's the beats in between, and I don't know, it's just maybe it's, that's my ear for things. I'm like, you know, sometimes I go, I go for a lot of the obvious beats, and sometimes I don't, so it's, it's weird. It's like, so that, you know, I don't know if that could kill the dance or make the dance better, but I'm just like, I like that process. You know, and if the music moves me, it moves me. I try not to force choreography. That's my thing. I, I, you know, I would pull it out. Here's a couple counts I like here. Put it back. Come back to it, you know, while still pumping the music in my head. So I try not to sit down in one setting and go, okay, I'm doing this dance right now and it's going to be done. That's not how I like to work. I want to give it some time, some thought. That's just me. And that could be good, it could be bad. You know, it's one of those, you know. And that's coming with regular choreography. When it comes to co-choreography, I like to be with the person. Like, I just did a piece this weekend with my best friend, Danny. I'm teaching it tomorrow. It's called Filthy. And he lives here in Carolina. I live inside Florida. And he was like, we got to do this over the phone. I'm like, oh, it's a nightmare. I'd just be there. So it was was a nightmare in the process. And I said, let me just wait until I get there. And I said, it's going to come together. Because I like to, it's like, I think like songwriting. I like, it's being there in the process, being there with the person, bouncing off your ideas, bouncing off my ideas. To me, I like the whole, the whole process that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. And once I got here, everything just went together like that, like how it should. You know, because he was starting to stress over the phone. I said, stop stressing. I was like, I'm not stressing. I got a lot going on, you know, my, my life, my job here, your job, your life there. When we get there, we'll worry about when we get here. And we, we of course, banged it out Wednesday night, and it was great. Hmm. So, yeah. I'm curious um, if you had a message that you could convey to all of Lion Dance, uh, almost like a virtual billboard or, I say, a podcast where people can hear what it is that you have to say, um, what would you want people to see and be like, oh, yeah, I should think about that, or maybe I'll try doing that, or, or you know, that's worthy of consideration and discussion. What's something that you'd want to put out for all of the line dancers in the line dance universe to chew on? I would, I would like for them to try not to, especially when you come to events. It's, it's really cool. I know you want to get more bang for your buck, but it's like trying to overload yourself. You know, it's, it's about the quality, not the quantity. And I think that's where we get lost. And that's where, you know, you leave to come to an event, you're like, okay, I mean, I get it. We've all been there. We spent, spent a lot of money to come to an event. And then you take, like, a bazillion workshops and you go home with what? Kind of, you're like, ha, ah. So I think it's one of those things that, you know, you don't have to do every single workshop, 
I mean, it's nice, and I think we get into that rut of like, we got to do it all because we pay for it. But then again, it's like when you go home, what do you walk away with? So me, it's kind of like, when I come to events, I try to learn one to two dances. Because, you know, and this one to two, I have to sit down and really, really like them. You know, and that's just me personally. I really, really got to like them. And then I want to know those dances. So when it comes to open dance, I want to do them, you know, versus feel lost throughout the whole process. So it's like one of those things that, you know, I would just, you know, just try not to overwork yourself, you know, just... You know, take take a few dances, get yourself a little lunch break, come back, and then do it again. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple final questions for you. If people wanted to get in contact with you and maybe ask follow-up questions, what would be the best way that they could communicate with you? You would do my email, Christopher. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It'll be my name, Maurice Rowe, mm-hmm. all one together at yahoo.com. Okay. And how do you spell Maurice Rowe? It's M-A-U-R-I-C-E-R-O-W-E at Yahoo. Dot com. Okay. <laughs> it's like Yahoo. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And final question: If there is a dance that you could recommend for everybody to learn right now, what would that dance be? You can name like top fifty-three if you'd like. But uh, yeah, if there's something that you think everyone would benefit from at least attempting and maybe having under their belt, what dance would that be? That is a really good question. It can be old, it can be new, it can be yours, it can be someone else's. Like, there's no stipulation here. That's a good question. You know, I, at the moment, I really don't have any, like, say for now, like, current current favorite, like, current favorites that I'm teaching. So, uh, you know, it's just, it depends. Like, I try to learn different styles of dance. You know, I try to, you know, I, I, I like... The cha cha e dances. I like, you know, the nightclubs. You know, I like your other the other dances too. But it's I try to learn a little bit of everything. So I don't know. It's just that that's a really tough question. I mean, there's there's just so much good out there. Okay, <laughs> another way. That's tough. <laughs> another way to think about it might be if there is a dance that should never go extinct from the dance floor. If there's one that you think will be around forever uh, because it's just too good, we can't lose it, what might that dance be? I would say probably whatever happens. I think I think one of the instructors need to tough it up. I, remember the last, I think the last person who I remember teaching it years ago was Scott Blevins. Hmm. That was a long time ago. You know, I wish somebody would revive it. You know, maybe maybe you should revive it. Maybe so. See if I think, and you you would you would have a packed room. Really? Because a lot of people want to learn it. It's a very nice song. You hear that intro, and you don't expect Michael Jackson's going to be singing after that. I mean, another dance. <laughs> it's so funny. Another dance that's overshadowed that you see very few people doing. It was an, um, Tom Micker's dance called Speechless. Speechless. Another Michael oh, Jackson. Yes. Yes. Same, actually, same album. Um, Rachel does it. Oh. I still do it. Mm. Uh, you don't see too many people do it. Talk about a gorgeous nightclub that's 32 count, two walls, no tags, no restarts, but it's just like it's so technically packed with gems. Mm-hmm. So if you want to challenge yourself as a dancer and... I mean, it's got like triple pirouettes in there. It's got, you know, an attitude turn. If you want 
you know, if you want a goal to me to achieve, to be like a dancer, and dance to me what I call a dancer's dance, then check out Speechless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's a video on uh, YouTube of Tom teaching it himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, watching him do it was just like, oh. So if you ever want to challenge yourself and you want to be like, oh, you know, I'm a dancer, dance. you want to be a dancer and dance a dancer's dance, check that out. That's nice. All right. Well, thank you very much for sitting down with us here on Line Dance Podcast. We'll let you get to the rest of your uh, early evening before the show big practice. show tonight. <laughs> the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Look yes. forward to it. Look forward to our next one. Definitely. <laughs> and, uh, until next time, we will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance floor. floor.